ABC Tonight, the next chapter of The Bachelor journey begins. Welcome to Listen to Your Heart. Listen to you. 20 single musicians look for the perfect duet. When she sings to me, it just leaves me speechless. Will a passion for music lead to a lasting love? I've dreamt of being with somebody who shares the same passion that I do. Or end on a sour note? It's no fun singing a love song when you're not in love. The Bachelor presents Listen to Your Heart, a six-episode event, tonight at 8, 7 central on ABC. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect a change in your life through the ministry of Bishop Dykewood Mills. Dykewood Mills is the founder of the Lighthouse Chapel International denomination with over 3,000 branches worldwide. He is a healing evangelist and an author of several best-selling books. He is also the pastor of the First Love Church, a campus ministry with over 500 branches. The First Love Church is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of first love for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Hewitt Mills. If you're expecting God to come through for you, shout, Amen! Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 29. It's not my way like the fire. It's not my way like the hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. Every heart that is hardened, every heart that is stubborn, as you come to church and you listen to the word of God, God is affecting your heart. God is changing your heart. You will become a better version of yourself. If you believe it, shout, Ie. We have powerful, great change testimonies today of people who walked into church with all kinds of character characters but they left with a change i believe you are living here today with a change amen put your hands together let's welcome josephine sosa she's in the greater love gospel choir as she testifies of a great change she received through the ministry of the prophet do it better for her hallelujah josephine tell us what has god done for you my name is josephine sosa i'm a member of the greater love choir I want to thank God for a great change I received in my life through the ministry of the prophet. Um, Growing up, my mom told me bad things about my dad. I stayed with her for some time. So she told me bad things about my dad and the fact that he never loved us. And evident was the fact that he wasn't with us. He was with another woman. So (laughs) I felt, okay, that's true. I developed hatred for my dad. I hated him with passion. I really hated him. I wrote down stuffs I would do to him. If you were to get him. If I were to get him. Mercy. But um, fast forward, um, things turned around and then we happened to stay together in one house. And, but then the hatred was still there. And then one day I happened to work in a shop. Two gentlemen approached me. They preached to me and I gave my life to Christ. They invited me to the mega church, Lighthouse Chapel, um, Kakraba Branch. And that's when my life turned around. My birthday, someone gave me a tape. And on that tape, as I was playing it one day, I had, I realized that people were so excited. They were also excited. I said, ah, it's not a preaching tape. What is going on? Is it a party or something? So I said, okay, let me just listen to what the man of God is saying. So I drew close and I I started hearing but the first thing I heard was if you are a daughter and you do not honor your parents you are cursed that was the words of the prophet 
So I was like, really, how? So he quoted a scripture and said, children, obey your parents and the Lord. We all know the scripture. And I realized, no, I have to turn around. So I decided to make a constant effort to change. But it wasn't working. And one day, listening to another podcast, someone gave a testimony that he had to change first before his parents changed. So I also decided to change. I changed. I started obeying my parents. I started listening to what they have to tell me. Because, in fact, at first, you can't tell me what to do. (laughs) I started listening to what they have to tell me. And one time in school, I called my dad. I just wanted to check up on him. He was all surprised. And he gave me money for just calling him. The change was seen by my dad. He later told me himself that he had seen a change in my life. And he said, he categorically stated that Bishop Doug has done so well for, changing, for, for being a medium through which someone like me could be changed. And I was surprised. You are the next person to receive a categorical recommendation. Amen. Amen. And my dad is the type that does not, he's the type that would not throw words around. He's not the type that talks so much. So I really believed it. And in all these, I just want to say that whoever you are, no matter what, God can still reach you where you are. Just open up your heart. Listen to the prophet. Allow yourself to be guided by the preachings and the teachings of our Father and our prophet. And your life will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for that powerful testimony. Let's welcome Solomon. He's from the uh, Pediasis Center. Do it better for him as he testifies of how God changed his life too. Amen. Solomon, tell us what has God done for you. My name is Solomon Samuel. My name is Solomon Samuel. I'm from Pedrasi Center. Um, this is my testimony. I, I grew up with my mother who wanted us to have a certain type of discipline. So she used to um, like deal with me precisely. When something, when something goes wrong, I, I, I have to give an account for it. So she used to beat me so much that I, I developed hatred towards her. So when I see her, I, I know that as this man has come, I should be expecting a slap. So I hated her. And then but she was the only one in the house. She was the only one. So one day she, she told me that she wants to give me the best of education. And she have heard that Ghana is the best place for school. So she's taking me to Ghana. She come from? Her from Nigeria by the wow. grace of God. I know that Ghana is the best place. Yeah, for education. Wow. So, so, yeah. wow. so she brought me. And when I came in, she enrolled me in, in the school. But then when she started beating me, I, I, I told her that, mom, we have changed our environment, so please don't beat me. And then I, I started replying back at her when she talks, because now I felt like, yeah, I'm free. Nobody knows me here. And then I went to school. When I went to school, I saw um, this book, How to Be Born Again and Avoid Hell. It was rough. And I saw, I saw a name, Dougie Ward Mills. And I asked the guy who, who owns the book, I asked him, I said, who is Dougie Ward Mills? He said, oh, it's my pastor. I said, is he, is he a Ghanaian? He said, yes. And I was like, wow, Dougie Wong Mills is a Ghanaian because I was expecting a different type of name. And then as I was there, as I was there, somebody else came and said, and said Solomon, I, I want you to come to the Independence Square. In fact, he said, I'm going to Independence Square on Friday. There will be a good Friday service and there will be 10,000 choristers singing on stage. And I was like, if there will be 10,000 people singing on stage, 
Who is the preacher going to preach to? He said, you come and see. So, I told you to just come and see. He said, I should come and see. Wow. So, I, I went. And as I sat there, for the very first time, I saw Bishop Daggywell Mills. He was preaching. And all of a sudden, he just switched. And he started talking about cases. And as he was talking about cases, I, I, was, I was not feeling comfortable. Because I felt like, because I used to be, I used to be beating for the things I've not even done. So, I felt like God see what was happening. But it was going in deep. I was saying that we should not give our, our parents a standard. That our parents are our parents. And we have to honor them or we'll be cursed. Then when I went back home, I went back home to um, a church back then called Lighthouse Agboba, which is now a mega church, not Legon. When I met Reverend Kweku Sompa, and he preached the same message that daddy preached on Good Friday. And I was like, maybe they, they met and they planned for me. So as I was there... Someone called me. And the pastor preached the same thing. The same thing, yes. And he said the same the example. The same exact word. And you thought he had met and planned. Yes, please. Wow. So someone called me and said, Solomon, I want you to go to your mother and apologize to her. And then I went. When I went, I, I saw my mom sitting down, giving me a normal face. And then I went and I was like, Mom, I'm, I'm sorry. She said, Go and come back the next day. Then I went and I, and I came back the next day again. And she looked at me. And I said, Mom, I want to apologize for what I've done. I know I've, I've been a bad son. I've not been a good example. And I realized that I was wrong. Please find a place in your heart to forgive me. And she was just looking at me. Then she, she got up and went into her room and brought, it, and brought out the communion wine. And she said, stretch forth your hands. And then she poured the wine on my hand. And she started removing the, the curses. Then she started blessing me. And by the grace of God, God made a way. I found myself in a prestigious Anakazo Bible school. And today, today when my mom sees me, when, when my mom sees me, she, she introduces, she, she, she's not introducing me as her pastor. And she said, this, this is my son. And, and he's, he's wow. my pastor. And I just want to thank God because I know all this wouldn't have happened by my own natural strength. But I thank God for giving us a prophet like Bishop Daniel Mills who says the things just as it is. And by the grace of God, I was changed under his ministry. And, and I, just, I just don't know, but I just want to say thank you. And I want to advise us to listen to the words of our prophets and do them. And I promise you, one day your parents will, 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 will tell their friends that, yeah, this is my son and he's doing well. So I... I want to say thank you for... Hallelujah. Put your hands together for that powerful testimony. The Bible says in Job, that was plentifully declared the things as they are. Amen. Let's put our hands together for Emmanuel as he shares his testimony. Do it better for him. Oh, keep clapping, keep clapping, keep clapping. Emmanuel, tell us what has God done for you. My name is Emmanuel Mensa from Kaswa Center. Um, I grew up with my mom. My mom was single. And um, later married, so she, I was living with my mom and stepfather. But life was not easy for me. Um, I grew up struggling a lot. So um, one day I, I, I got to know that I had the desire to serve God very well in my life. So I developed a desire to listen to pastors on radio and all that. But I didn't know about daddy's messages. So one day I tuned into a station and then they were preaching Holiness for boys and girls. <laughs> and the message was very nice, very simple to understand. So I was very happy with the message. Then as time went on, I, 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 I was sleeping one night and I couldn't sleep. Then I tuned into the same station 
And I heard another message, Dominus Illuminatio Mia, which means the Lord is our light or the Lord is your light. So that message was also nice. I was enjoying the message. I said, ah, who is this man of God? That speaks like that. It's like the message really strikes my heart. So time went on and then I completed SHS. Even in SS, I went to join Eli because of the love I had for. So I realized that it was Bishop Dagiwad Mills. I said, wow. So after SS, I left my mom struggling, went to um, travel to another region to work. It wasn't working. People disappointed me. I helped someone. The person disappointed A whole lot of things. So I was confused. I was really confused. I didn't know what to do, whether to go to school, whether to... Because I was in UPS doing business administration. And because of financial constraints, I deferred. So I was really confused. I didn't know what to do with my life. So I applied for a job. And one day, whilst working in the night, I slept at where the job was. Because I didn't want to even stay with my dad too. He didn't, he didn't actually take care of me when I was growing up. So I had some kind of hatred for him. And what happened? And what happened was that one day I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw myself in, um, standing in front of an auditorium. And I knew the mega church. So the room looked like just like the mega church. And I saw daddy, because I had been watching him on phone, but I had not met him personally. So I saw him standing in the auditorium in a black t-shirt, um, long sleeve shirt, preaching. And he was very passionate about the message. And I couldn't hear what he was saying. But a voice said to me, enter the auditorium. And I was hesitating. I said, ah, no. There are people, the people inside are more important than I am. So I'll just sit at where the um, um, corridor is. So at the, in the corridor, I saw some women and children sitting there. So as I sat down, immediately I sat down. The doors through which I could see daddy preaching closed. It's like they were two, bang, bang, like that. And I couldn't see that anymore. So the next day, I tuned into um, Sweet Melodies. And then they were preaching the private interviews of Jesus. And at the end of the message, Daddy said, come close. And I said, wow, I need to. Before that, um, I had had another dream where Daddy was standing on an, a platform. And as he preached, the people's arms were stretched. And then I couldn't hear what he was speaking also. But as he spoke, colorful bubbles came out of his pocket on the people. So you decided to find the church and to find the church. Come to the church. Yes, please. So I called a friend and the friend said, First Love Church. I said, First Love Church, where is First Love Church? The person said, Here. So I came here. And that day that I came, if people remember, um, Daddy was in black. Um, <laughs> but he, and then he was, the preacher was very nice and he preached. Uh, the so message you gave was your life to Christ that day. That day, I had already given my life to Christ. But then, since then, my life, the confusions that I had by the grace of God, I have overcome them. I have applied to go back to school. My dad has also begin, began to love me. He has even given me a, um, a plot of land to build wow. something. And I thank God so much for the ministry of the prophet. Amen. And I want to encourage everyone that as you are here, it is our church, and we need to love God. And love our prophet. Amen. Put your hands together for that powerful testimony. And let's welcome Shem to share the final testimony for today. Do it better for him. It's in the greater love gospel. Shem, what has God done for you? Um, my name is Shem Enim, and I'm in the greater love gospel choir. 
and <laughs> from the Kitasi Center. Um, I grew up in a family where most of my aunties, uh, including my mom, were into alcohol business. I mean, the local drinks like Akpetishi and Co. So, uh, as a son of my mom, I used to serve customers. And when I served them drinks, I tasted and saw. So, tasting and seeing how the drinks were. So, I, I, I mean, at the age of 10, I had tasted all sorts of local drinks. And so, along the way, there was a divorce between my mom and dad. And the family had to split. So, I and my mom moved to, my mom and I moved to Ashaiman. And I, in Ashaiman, I had my senior high education there. And in Ashaiman, I met bad friends who influenced me to watch pornography, masturbate. I mean, there were times I masturbated too much. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so, 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 how did you change? Okay, what so, how did you get changed? I mean, as time went on, I'll, on Sundays, I'll be in the house watching MTV Bass, listening to Coos. I mean, not the hard songs. So my brother will be like, Shem, let's go to church. Let's go to church. I'll be like, oh, no, I'm not going to church. So I'll be soaking in the songs. So um, one, one 31st night, we all had to go to church. And my mom was like, to 31st night, we are all going to church. I said, I'm not going. Then she said, ah, 31st night, even thieves go to church. So why don't you want to go to church? Then I said, okay, I'll go, I'll go. Now we went to the church, which, was, uh, which is Mega Church, Zainu Main, Branch, Ashaiman. When I got to the church, I mean, the, the choir was youthful. I saw the choir wearing Lacoste and jeans. And I was like, hey, which choir will wear Lacoste and jeans? And they were singing a song by Kirk Franklin today. And that song is a salvation song. So I was very happy. I said, I'm going to join the choir without the intention being uh, uh, born again. So, I mean, the next Sunday, my brother was like, let's go to church. I was like, no, I don't have a shirt. He said, I'll give you my shirt. I was like, no, I don't have a trial. I said, I'll give you my trial. I don't have a shoe. I'll give you a shoe. So I, I just gave up and I went to church. I went to church. The pastor preached powerfully. And that day I gave my life to Christ. And my life has never been the same. I went to the Good Friday service and I saw Sister Vivaldi singing. I saw LP Ida singing. And I was like, hey, even, I mean, they were better singers than uh, the people I used to listen to in the world. And I said, oh, no. I'm giving my life to you. I'm, I'm, I'm into it fully. And by the grace of God, I'm changed. I, I mean, I don't, I, I've not seen even Akpeteshi again. I don't masturbate anymore. I don't watch pornography. My life has been changed. I'm a Basanta minister in the choir. And by the grace of God, I'm in the prestigious Anakazo Bible School training to become a pastor. And I'm grateful. I'm very grateful to God. Hallelujah. So, Put your hands together for that powerful testimony. I pray that will be your story too. If you believe it, shout here.
So do not 
it's done, it's done for eternity. Your life spent is irrevocable. It remains to be contemplated, yeah.
There's no time to lose. There's no time to fool around. Your life is a vapor. It vanishes so very quickly. If you don't believe me, you'll end up singing the same song.
guess I misunderstood what exactly you mean when you say I love you. Oh, 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 friend, what exactly do you mean when you say I love you? I want to know what to expect. I want to know how to respond. I don't want to go too far. I don't want my heart to be broken. Oh, God, help me not to think too far. When I hear those What exactly do you mean when you say, I love you? I thought you cared for me and our relationship was gonna last. I thought I was onto something permanent. I guess it was just a passing feeling. I was just another girl on your list I guess you just needed a friend for the season Oh God help my poor little heart Oh Lord I should have prayed about everything I should have listened to the Holy Spirit I should have waited on the Lord I should have followed the word of God I should have counseled with the pastor but I was carried away and I was confused when I heard those words I Did you mean when you said I, I love you? Tell me, tell me, brother, what exactly do you mean when you say I love
day to be in church, I tell you. I think we need to give Ida another round of applause and a shout. At a point, she realized that the girls were a bit calm and a bit silent. And I think all special, brothers, all special offerings for Ida will be received after church. Amen. Tell the nearest sister, be a virtuous woman. Tell the nearest brother, be nice, so nice. Hallelujah. If this is how we feel, or can you imagine what's coming next? Are you excited for what's coming next? I feel in my spirit that there is a blessing for you. And if you believe it, give the Lord a shout as we welcome to the stage our very own prophet, Bishop Dag. He was never can hear you. Nothing. Impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you're trusting in His word. If you're trusting His word, sing it. Talking to the voice of God to me. Is there anything too hard? Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His word. You believe. Possible when you put your trust in God. 
it's impossible when you're trusting in His Word. Hearken to the voice of God to thee. Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His Word for everything. Father, lift your hands. Father, thank you for the blessing of your presence in our lives today. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Minister your spirit to us and lead us into all your life and grace that you have for us. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today is a short message entitled Seven Steps to the Anointing Seven Steps to the Anointing So everybody say One, two, three, four, five, six, seven Anointing One, two, three, four Five, six, seven, anointing. So seven steps to the anointing. Seven steps to the anointing. All right? Acts chapter 4, verse 23. We are reading and seven steps to the anointing in your own company. Verse 23. And being let go, Acts chapter 4, being let go, what did they do? They went to their own company. Amen. Is that not so? What had happened? They were arrested for um, causing commotion. When a man was healed, all right? So the man who was healed, if we read a bit from Acts chapter 4 verse 1, and they speak to the people, being grieved that they taught the people and preached Jesus, all right? And then they arrested them, okay? Now, before that, They had been in Acts chapter 3. Peter and John went to the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. Okay? And a certain man was lame from his mother's womb and was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple are you listening all right so now when you go to jerusalem one of the things i want you to look out for is the temple 
where the temple was. There was a temple when Jesus was there. There was a temple. And that temple was the second temple. It was Solomon's temple. Remember Solomon's temple? Remember Solomon built a temple? When Solomon built a temple, Israel was invaded by the Babylonians and they broke down the temple. So the temple was built again by, you know who? Ezra, Nehemiah, Zerubbabel, those guys. So they built the temple, second one. Now, before Jesus came, not so long before Jesus came, the Romans occupied Israel. And the governor, you know, like we had a governor, Gajisberg, and in um, Nigeria, they had a governor, what is his name? Lugard. Lugard, Lord Lugard. Different governors. So there's always a governor when there's an occupying force. So England was an occupying force in Ghana. That's why we celebrate independence from them. So when you are occupying a nation, what happens is that you have to have a governor to control the different places that you have um, power over. So now Herod was the one who was there. And he somehow was like, he was like into building. So he decided to expand the temple. So he actually made it grander and more beautiful and bigger. He made it a little bigger than it originally was. So this temple, this uh, temple was there. And it is, uh, it was such a wonder that people used to come from all over the world to see Solomon's temple. So in the days where Jesus was alive and preaching, the temple was standing there. It was physically there. All right, so th- that is why Jesus stood there and told them that not even one stone of this temple is going to be on top of each other. That the whole place is going to be destroyed. And that sounded fantastic because how can that be possible that this very, very grand edifice is going to be totally gone from the world? But it happened exactly. But this uh, story, there was a man in Acts chapter 3 who was laid, they went to the temple at the hour of prayer and there was a man who was there all right, laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, okay? And uh, he had been there for years, even probably when Jesus was there, which shows that Jesus didn't heal everybody. Because he had been there, and this was just after Jesus rose from the dead, okay? So when they prayed for him, He said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And they took him 
and his ankle bones receive strength. In verse 7. And he leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple. Now when we go to Israel, you'll see that there are these steps that you can actually see. The steps that were going into the south gate, the southern part of the temple are there. So if I have a chance to be with you, I'll show you that these are the southern steps. All right. When they go to the wailing wall, is the wailing wall where people go to pray is the western wall of the temple. So it has north, south, east, west. And the west is the only part left. It's uh, where the wall used to be. So this boy was prayed for and he got healed. And there was a big commotion and they arrested the causes of the commotion. Okay? And for no other thing but the good thing that they were doing. So when they were arrested, they were deciding what to do with them. Should we kill them? Should we beat them? Should we do this? Should we do that? Then they decided to let them go. Okay? So in verse 18, they called them and commanded them that they shouldn't preach again. Do you get it? But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to hearken to you more than to hearken to God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them. Because of the people, for all men glorified God for that which was done. And the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle was showed. Now, when I look at you and the world and people, even politicians also feel the same way, I'm sure. When we look at, when I look at you, as a, as a father, I look at people and I ask myself, how is this child going to make it in life? You know, how are you going to do well? Will you be okay? Do you see? Will you be okay? You know, that is why some people, even if they have something to give, they give it to their daughters. Because daughters look even more vulnerable like is everything going to be okay because you are going to marry if you marry even a man may not behave well you get what I'm saying and so on so generally when I look at you I look at all of us the young girls who want to marry the young men who want to marry who want to do well who want to prosper you know, I ask myself, you know, in the natural, I think about it. I think about it. How is everybody going to do well? Is it going to be okay with everyone? Is everyone even going to find a job to do? There are no jobs. Can you hear me well? There are no jobs. Governments come, governments go. It's almost the same all the time. There are problems in every country. If there are problems in Ghana, you can imagine the problems that are in Nigeria. 
Nigeria has more people than us and more problems. If we have any problem, the Nigeria problems are more, more than the ones that are in Ghana. Do you get it? So, the help that I believe we can have is the Holy Spirit, or the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Uh, because you'll find that all your efforts and all your strength only takes you so far. And you need God's help to make it. And the Holy Spirit is well known to be the transforming factor. Everybody say transforming factor. Uh, 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 uh. I said say it, the transforming factor. Yes, the factor which transforms your life is the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, the Holy Spirit works a lot on your mind. Because in Isaiah 11, he calls him the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel. All this has to do with your mind. So the Holy Spirit has a lot to do with the way you think. So depending on the extent to which the Holy Spirit has affected you, it changes your way of thinking. Because your way of thinking is governed or determined a lot by what either you've heard intentionally or consciously or unconsciously. You know, if you go to, you, you, if, you, if you grow up in a house, what you hear at home, you tend to believe it. You, you tend to think in a certain way. If you are a Ghanaian, if you are Zimbabwean, if you are South African, every country wants its members not to marry other countries. As you, some of you are here from other countries, they've told you when you don't marry a Ghanaian, true or not true? And Ghanaians have also been told by their family, don't marry whatever, you know, all kinds of problems and things, you know, where you see that, you know, Minds have been formed. In every country, there is a mind that is formed about other people. You understand? And where does that mind come? There's no book that is written that Ghanaians are like this. There's no book where you read, okay, these are the characteristics of Nigerians. These are the characteristics of English people. You get it? But over time, you just form opinions and ideas. And all that affects you. You know? One of the places you can see a lot of this is if you go on airplanes, different airplanes, you see different type of air hostesses and with different kind of behavior. The worst of all of them are the American planes, uh, Delta and um, American Airlines and those type of planes. Very, I mean, very negative attitude. You, you just see the behavior, they shout at you, talk to you a certain way, like a funny way. And then it comes to the European planes, and then the Asians are most polite, and African planes are also quite very polite. Depending on how they are, you just immediately know where you are as soon as you enter the environment. And it's a human being who has not, has not read, read a book on how to behave, but has been fed with information through chatting, talking, conversation, so many things. You, your life is formed. You think in a certain way, and if it leads to poverty, you become more impoverished. 
If you grow up as a person fighting women's rights, women's this, women's this, you just become like that. You see, that's why when you have a lot of negative minds together in a room, times many more times, 100 times minus 2. It becomes minus 200. It becomes worse. Are you with me? Can you hear me well? I don't know if you can hear me well. Okay. So I'm saying that the Holy Spirit is now the person who has been sent. Even Jesus, when he wanted to bless us, he said in Luke 11 and verse 13, you are bad people, okay? And you know how to give good things to your children. Do you think the father doesn't know how to give the Holy Spirit? It's the best thing you can ever have. And the Holy Spirit is the same as the anointing. Everybody say anointing. So we need to know how to get the anointing. And the Holy Spirit is going to come and change you. Do you understand? The Holy Spirit is going to change you. Since I knew that, you know, I tell you, I find it even difficult to pray for people because I'm always praying for myself. At first, I used to always pray for people, but now I find myself praying for myself more. Do you know why? Because I feel I need the Holy Spirit. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I used to pray a lot for people. I pray for them. I pray for them. But these days, I feel that I need the prayers more. And I don't know who is praying for me, so I have to pray for myself. And what shall I pray for? Every day I'm praying. So what shall I pray? Every day I pray for the Holy Spirit and the anointing. And you see, it it changes you. You don't even know you are changing. You don't even know you are changing. You don't even know that he's guiding you because it's like air you are breathing, water you are drinking. You don't even know the effect that it has on you. So what God is telling us is that we need more of the anointing. So as I look at you, I look at all the children in the church, you know. We see when you are a father or a pastor, you want people to do well. And I want you to do well, and I know you are going to do well. And I know that the best thing for you is the Holy Spirit that God is going to give you. But how do you get this elusive, invisible Holy Spirit? That is why I'm giving you seven clear steps. Now, what what are these seven steps? The seven steps are from the Bible because in the Bible, the people that I'm about to show you, they receive the Holy Spirit in a wild way. So if we look at them closely, we can see the seven steps that they took and then they ended up with a big dose of the Holy Spirit. How many want to also follow those same seven steps and get a big dose of the Holy Spirit on your life? Very good. Number one, step number one. So let's read the story. When we've read the story, then we can start to move on. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Whom by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up 
and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel had determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servant that with all boldness they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the Holy Child Jesus. And verse 31 is that seventh step when they received the anointing. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken when they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they speak the word of God with boldness. So this is one of the events. Listen, there are a number of events that happen in the Bible where the Holy Spirit landed on earth and this is one of them. There are not many. This is one of the events when the Holy Spirit came and this was a serious prayer meeting and they just received the Holy Spirit. The Bible says and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. Okay? So step number one what is the first step that this group took? Okay? How many want to know the first step? Only six. Okay, beautiful. Step number one. Know that you can be anointed again and again and again and again. That's the first thing. You must, you must, you must never think to yourself, wow, I am anointed and I will never need to be anointed again. It's not true. David, the king, was anointed three times. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, David was anointed the first time, and Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. And from that day forward, from that day forward, so Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So that is the first time David was anointed. All right? Then in 2 Samuel chapter 2 and verse number 4, the man of who? The man of where? The man of Judah came and there they anointed David to king of the house of Judah. And they told David, saying, the man of Jabesh Gilead, that the men of Jabesh were they that buried Saul. So in 2 Samuel 2, you have the second anointing of David. All right? Then in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 3, you have the third time that David is anointed. In 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 3, the Bible says, so the elders of Israel, not Judah this time, Judah was just one tribe, came to the king to Hebron, And King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king over Israel. Hallelujah. Now, three times David was anointed. And three times he received a change in his level. 
And I see a change of level coming over your life. The first time he was anointed, what happened was that Samuel came to him in his father's house. That time he was, he was just following sheep in the wilderness. And after that, somehow he got an invitation because of his musical skill to be in the king's palace as a trainee, an armor bearer. So that was all that happened. Even though he was anointed to be the king, he he did not become the king then. You see, then later on, you know, Israel is divided into the tribe of Judah, tribe of Manasseh, tribe of Ephraim, different tribes of Levi and so on. Only Judah, because David himself was from the tribe of Judah. Only the tribe of Judah came and they anointed him and that changed his level again so from being a trainee where he even went into the wilderness he now became a king of one twelfth of Israel then later on events transpired and Joab his assistant killed Abner who was the head of Saul's family and the head of Israel and they made an agreement that look David should be the king of all of Israel so then the rest of Israel came and also anointed him in Hebron so again his level changed from 1 over 12 to 12 over 12 so that's how your level changes That's why I was saying that I wish for you the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because when you are anointed, your level, your level in life, your level in society, your level in business, your level of wisdom, your level of thinking, everything about you changes. Because the Holy Spirit changes things. But you see, it's not in in just one sudden thing. You anointing comes, then it's like, oh, I'm now raising the dead. You may not be able to raise it. Even though he was anointed to be the king, it was almost 40 years later that he actually became the king in reality. You see, what, what even happened? You know, Rejoiner said something years ago. He said that sometimes it seems that when God anoints you and calls you, you even become the exact opposite of what it seems the anointing uh, has come on your life for because you see he became an outcast and he was hunted by Saul for so many years and Saul too wasn't dying you, you get what I'm saying you would have thought that because David was anointed Saul would die suddenly but it's like Saul was getting more healthy was going to the gym was taking vitamins and he was also moving on and chasing David rather in the system you know so what happened that's how come David ended up in the wilderness. If you remember, there was a time that David was in the wilderness and he sent a message to a man called Nabal. Have you heard of Nabal? And then his wife was called Abigail. That's how so many people are called Abigail in the world because of that lady. Because the Bible says she was a woman of good understanding. You know, how many want to marry a woman of good understanding? Like she understands a lot of things. Yes. Those are the people you can be nice to easily. 
when a person doesn't have understanding, you need a lot of grace and strength and agape love. You, you put aside erotic love and you put aside filio and you just be using agape, which is a decision love. It's called love the decision. Hmm. She had a good understanding. So, David was, David was a rebel. I mean, he was just roaming around. He was far from becoming a king after being anointed. Because when you are even being trained and going through difficulties, you are still anointed. When God anointed me to teach the word of God, I was in a medical school in 1988. That was in 1988, in June 1988. That's when it happened. I was in Suhum and I was praying, you know, and on that particular day, I was listening to preaching. You get it? Now, I had a tape recorder where my beloved had given me, was she my beloved? I think she was my beloved and she had given me her tape recorder to listen to messages. I told her that I need it because I don't think she can use it as well as I am using it. And she agreed. So I took it. Good understanding. She had a good understanding. So I took it. Even up to now, she has that good understanding. Because when we are watching television, I take the remote and I change the channel. And she has a good understanding of that one too. You get what I'm saying? I mean, if you are in the house with your wife and you take the remote to change the channel and it becomes a fight, you are married to somebody without a good understanding. Somebody who tells you that, you know that I was watching the television before you came here. So, anyway. So, I, I, I borrowed the tape recorder and if she had not lent it to me, maybe I would never have been anointed. Yes. Good understanding. So some of you, if you get into a relationship with somebody who doesn't have good understanding, you may never be anointed. (laughs) Yes. So, now one, one night, I was listening to the preaching, and then... I received, uh, I was kneeling down and something jumped out of the tape and entered my, my belly. I felt it. I mean, I wish I could say I didn't feel it, but I felt it. And I heard a voice. I wish I would say that I didn't hear a voice, but I did hear a voice. And the voice said, from today, you can teach. And from that moment, I became anointed to teach. Now, that's 1988. But what happened after that? The not, nothing, nothing special seemed to happen. I went back to Kolebu and I had to do final exam. I struggled to do the exam, pass, then housemanship, you know, then struggled. I didn't have money. I, I you know, had to send my wife to go and work. Go and bring money because you know I'm anointed. I need to work for I, mean, I need to work for the Lord. She has to go and work and come. 
So many things, you know. Good understanding. <laughs> yeah. Nothing special happened in my life. Nothing special happened in my life. Just the normal struggles. We didn't have money to even buy petrol. I discussed with Bishop Saki because our money wasn't enough. We had very little money. So we agreed that one of the ways we can save money is if we can convert our cars from petrol to cooking gas. LPG. So he knew a place where they convert the cars. So we went to Tema to the place and converted the car where you can put the cooking gas bottle into your car and connect it. And then you, we use gas instead of buying petrol. But that, that was all that happened after I was so-called anointed. After anointing, we didn't have money. We were struggling. I called Bishop Saki. I said, I know a place where they sell milk, sardine, and others. Let's go and buy more to save money. We used to go and buy fish together. He likes the head and I like the tail. So I give him the head. <laughs> Good understanding. So, what I want you to see is that anointing is something that is not like when you're anointed. So, I'm anointed. Finish. No, you can be anointed again. And from that time that David was anointed, it was just a hustler. It was just a hustler. But you see, a re- people don't believe things. When God is blessing you, God is calling you. We don't believe, like the song Ida sang, I got the call of God, but I didn't want to go that far. I didn't want to go that far. I didn't want to go that far with God. I don't want to go far with God. But when God is calling you, you have to say, yes, Lord. And you have to be humble. You see, supernatural things work with natural things. There's always, we are seated in heavenly places, but we are also seated in here in Accra. In Medina or Legon, wherever we are. We have two things are working. It's not only supernatural that is working. Here it's also working. So after you are anointed, you can be anointed again. Now David kept on trusting the Lord. Now people came to him and suggested to him, let us kill Saul. It happened a number of occasions, on a number of occasions. Let's kill, this is your chance. Take a sword and kill him. This is your chance to enter the anointed position that you remember God anointed you. And he said, no, you, you have to do the right thing. Bible says, because thou hast loved righteousness. Hebrews chapter 1. It says, because you have loved righteousness, God has anointed thee above thy fellows. So you now do what is right. So if you are here and you are struggling, it doesn't mean you are not anointed. No, 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 no. no. Look, today, I've published between 20 and 30 million books. But the first book that I ever wrote was in 1998. That's 10 years after I received anointing from Today You Can Teach. 10 years later, before I wrote the first little book, booklet. First little booklet. 10 years after that event where it's like God has anointed me. Ten years went, came by. School, getting married, this and that, struggling. 
I mean moving along forcing in life but it doesn't mean you are not anointed and there are going to be more anointings because this this event was not the first time the disciples received the anointing in Acts 1 8 in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 the Bible says that you shall Acts 1 8 you shall receive power but in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4 they received the anointing so they were all filled with the Holy Ghost so that was the first time they were filled with the Holy Ghost no that was not even the first time the first time was in John chapter 20 in John chapter 20 and verse 21 Jesus said to them peace be unto you as my father has sent me so send I you and when he had said this he breathed on them and said receive ye the Holy Ghost so these same disciples same group he breathed on them receive the Holy Ghost receive the Holy Ghost receive the Holy Ghost so this is in the book of John then the second time they received the anointing was Acts chapter 2 verse 4 then they received another anointing then the third time is this one in Acts chapter 4 when they were gathered together and then they went to their own company and in verse 31 the place was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Ghost so David the king received three anointings and the disciples also received three different times where they were anointed I can remember a time I was praying in France and I felt God giving me the anointing for healing. I was in France. I can remember a time where I was praying in my study where suddenly the Lord opened my understanding to understand what I was. It was, it was I've, I've never had the, what I experienced I had in Suhum where I heard a voice. I've never heard, had that again. But this time I was just listening to Benny Hinn. I didn't understand his, his preaching. But then I began to understand it. Because the spirit of God is the spirit of understanding. So when you start to understand things, the spirit is starting to enter you. Yes. You start to have understanding. The spirit of understanding, you start to understand things you didn't understand. At first, you were even sometimes opposed to it. Like the girl who was saying, I hated my father. I hated him with a passion. You see? And the Bible says, whosoever hated his brother is blind. There's a verse in First John 2. So whoever hates his brother is blind. So you are blind and blinded because you are filled with hatred. Yeah. So when you now receive the Holy Spirit, you, you, you start to, I started to understand. I remember I can even picture the, the moment I, I just got up of my, out of my bed. On another occasion, I remember I had flown somewhere and uh, I was so tired so so tired because i had traveled very long for uh, almost 24 hours you know as soon as i lay down an angel appeared in front of me with the longest bottle i've ever seen and the longest bottle like this with the snout very long nose like that with full of oil here's oil here's anointing it was another event in my life and on different occasions you know you experience and you can experience anointing each anointing changes your level and today your level is changing 
I said today your level is changed. You know, some of you, when you came to church, no one even noticed you. But when your level changes, somebody will notice you. And, and you must notice those changes in your level. Somebody will say, oh, hi. And you, you, you see that maybe no one knew you, but at a point you see that somebody knows you. You start to see people know you and people recognize you. And your life changes. Different things, if you have the eyes to see, you will notice. Because David will say, no, I, at first, I was nobody. Even my father didn't re- recognize me. He put me with lions. Now, wouldn't you think that after fighting with a lion and a bear, his father should withdraw him from that place? But he was rather sending his poor son back to go and be where lions could eat him up. And the others were in the house. And when Samuel came to ask for someone from the family to receive anointing, he didn't even consider David. David was set aside. And other grown-up guys who looked very powerful were called. But none of them were the person that God had chosen. God had chosen David who was over there. So you are the one God has chosen today. I said you are the one that God has chosen today. And he's placing his anointing over your life. You must believe in the power. You must believe in the anointing. And God is going to use you mightily. So every time we are in church like this, you may think, oh, it's just a Sunday service. You'll be surprised that this is the day that uh, God may choose to anoint you. No one really knows the moment. You know, the day that God anointed me in June, you know, I called my friend once to find out that the time, exact time that we were in Suhum. You know, and I found, out, I found out it was in June. Because it's the last thing that I expected. Like, I don't expect to, to land on the moon this afternoon. How many are expecting to go to the moon today? You see, in the same way, I was not expecting God to, to, to do anything. I didn't even know what it meant. And that's how it is. Sometimes everybody is being laid hands on, but nothing may happen. But you may be anointed. No one knows the time. One day, Kenneth Hagen was praying for people, and they brought a lady who was about to die. She had a cancer of the lung. So he was praying for, he was having a program for three weeks. So he prayed for the lady, they, they bring him. And we, sometimes when you lay hands on somebody, it's like you've laid hands on a stone or even on a speaker. It's, it's the same thing. You just have, there's nothing. So he laid hands on her on Tuesday, Friday. They, they did healing only on Tuesday and Friday, but Monday to Friday he was teaching. But Tuesday and Friday he prayed for the sick. So Tuesday he prayed for her. Friday he prayed for her, nothing happened. The next week to Tuesday he prayed for her. Friday he prayed for her, nothing happened. Four times. On the third week, in the third week, the Tuesday, as soon as he laid hands on her, suddenly he was in the spirit. Now ask me, why did it not happen on the first week? I also don't know. You can check, write it down, write a letter to God and find out. God is not a computer. Hallelujah. I said, God is not a computer. God does what he wants to do. As soon as he touched her, he was in the spirit and there was an animal, like a monkey, hanging onto the side of her chest. And he, asked, he told the animal, the, the monkey, get off. And the thing, said, I don't want to go. He said, you have to go and jump off. And he said, go out of the building. He didn't want to go out. That was what was killing the woman. She was dying. And the thing walked out, reluctantly walked through the middle of the church and walked out of the building. 
And he went out to a, 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 a disco in the area, a nightclub. And the nightclub bent down the next day. Yeah, there was a fire. It bent down the next day. And all these are demonic work. The presence of devils working. There was a fire. Then a, Fire is not a small thing. If you have a fire, you have to pray. Yes. So, don't ask me. God may choose any moment. And, and that moment... Look, I, I was one day with Bishop Eddie and Lady Pasabidia. We were in the room together. And suddenly something walked into the room. Both of them, if you ask them, they will, we, I, I felt it was like somebody just walked into the room. And suddenly there was a presence there. I will never forget that day. In Collegono, up there, at the top. It, it's like you, you don't even know what's going to happen next. The presence of God can come to you and God can anoint you. He can choose any day. And just touch you. But he he keeps on touching you. He keeps on anointing you. Each anointing changes your level. Are you listening to me? Yes. I see you. You know, I see you going to a higher level that you have never even imagined. Some of you, you only see the inside of a bus. But soon you'll be seeing the inside of a car. And soon you'll be seeing the inside of an aeroplane. And sometimes one day you'll be seeing the inside of the front of the aeroplane. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Whatever level you are in, expect serial changes. Now when David became the king of Judah, he could have said, yes, now it has happened. But it hasn't happened. There's more. Today I came to tell you there is more, there is more, there is more for you. There is more in God. There is more, there is more. There is not less. Proverbs 4 verse 18, it tells us that the path of a just man is increasing every day. It's like the shining light. It increases more and more. So I prophesy more for you, more grace for you, more grace for you. Listen, I was 29 years old. When I entered into Collegono Cathedral as a pastor, 29 years old, I see you are going to do greater things in your 20s. In your 20s, you will be doing greater things for God. Whatever grace make me to enter a church at the age of 29, receive that grace in the name of Jesus. I entered my own personal house in my 20s, the same 29. Now may God anoint you to enter your own house even whilst you are in your 20s in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Let me hear your loudest amen. Let me hear your loudest amen. Now tell the person who by you didn't say amen that you missed the house. Yes. Hmm. Step number two, persecution. Step number two, persecution. Acts chapter four, verse 25. Whom by the mouth of the servant David has said, 
Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and his Christ. Amen. Step number three, pressure. Pressure. They said to them, the Bible says they said to them, no longer preach eh, or teach in this name. Okay? He said, and they said, and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. So, pressure is one of the uh, ways, all right, in which you have uh, the anointing. Amen. So, how are you going to get these wonderful ways of anointing? In Leviticus chapter 24, verse 1, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring unto thee pure olive oil beaten for the light to cause the lamps to burn continually. Okay? Pure what? Olive oil, that is what? Beaten. Hey, how many are ready to be beaten for the oil to come out of you? Huh? Yes. Amazing, isn't it? In Exodus chapter 27, verse 20, it says, And thou shalt command the children of Israel... That they bring the pure olive oil beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn always. Now, can I have a, 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 a yeah, give me a rod. You know, when you are going to get oil out of an olive tree, many people don't know how anointing comes. One of the ways anointing comes is that the tree has to be beaten. You take a rod and you beat the tree. Yeah. A real rod. But this one is even a little small, a lot short. If you see the tree, then they beat the tree. (laughs) And as they beat the tree, do you know what an olive is like? They are like small little, little fruits. They are little fruits. Uh, what, what do we have in Ghana that is like an olive? Like grapes. They are like grapes, like hard grapes. So you beat the tree. So that's how anointing comes out. Persecution and troubles is what brings the oil out. Yes. Then... After you beat the tree, there's a way you beat the tree so that the tree is not harmed. But it's, the olives fall off. So you, you get beaten. 
So that's what was happening to David. He was being beaten. Then pressure. The olives are gathered. And then they pile stones, wood, and anything heavy. And they stamp on it. And they pressurize the olive to release the oil. So that's, that's how people are anointed. They are anointed because of the pressure and the troubles they have. Eh? That is actually what squeezes out the power and the anointing. Yes. So they are beaten first of all. So anybody who is really anointed, you will be surprised if the person opens his mouth to talk. Yes. You will be shocked to see I mean, if you've seen somebody like Rambo, when Rambo removes his shirt, and you see, wow! So in the film, you see that he was somebody, when they saw the scars on his back, they realized that he was not a small person at all. He has been beaten, he has gone through things, he can fly helicopters, he can drive cars, he can shoot this gun, this gun, fight with knives, personal, person to person combat, I mean, he can do everything and has been beaten, tortured. That's how come he had that rank. Even the film has a certain rank. He spoke only about 80 words in the film. The whole film was just what has he been through and what is he going through. (laughs) Don't talk, just surviving. So they calculated how much money if he earned 100 million from the film, they counted the words. I think there are about, about 80 words that he spoke. You know, when you say, uh, uh, different, what, what did he say? Murdoch. Murdoch, I'm coming to get you. That's all he said in the whole film. Few words. Yeah, so when they counted, and I'm against the million that he earned, you realize that he earned so much per word, but it's not per word, it's per what has he been through. They put him in water, hang him up with his hands, and put him into this place with toilet, septic toilet with leeches on him. And they were beating him using hot iron to uh, 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 do whatever, you know. So, to be anointed, eh? nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Those of you who are saying the troubles are too much for you. Troubles are are too difficult for you. God is whipping you. That's just stage one. The, The beating is the stage one of the getting the olives out of the tree for the olives to drop. Before they will gather them. And then after that pressure. They are going to stamp on you. And pressurize you. That is why when a missionary. Has been sent to the mission field. And he does well. You will be surprised what he has been through. Yes. You see I have a fellowship. Of some people. You cannot easily join it. That fellowship are made up of people that have been beaten. And that beating gives a similar scar. If I beat you, come. If I beat your... You see, even if your bottom is a bit hard, if I was to beat... 
a girl who has a big soft bottom like that, you see the, the thing will change. I've been beaten before. It changes into a huge sky. I mean, not a sky. The, that, that place becomes swollen. It will rise and come out and detach itself from the bottles and form something like a red motorway. <laughs> I noticed. How many have seen some before? Yes. Six lashes. Yes. And it is only certain people who have certain lashes that I'm in that fellowship with. Oh, yes. I recently admitted one more person. When I heard his troubles, I called him. I said, Come, I'm in that group. But you didn't know it's a, there's a membership. And I introduce him to the other members. Yes. You can't easily just join. You need pressure and beatings. So some of you come and tell me, my grandmother says I shouldn't go on missions. I want to take something small to whip you. Your grandmother. Your father says this. Your mother says that. These are, not, these, are not, these are the beginnings of sorrows. The beginning of troubles. Yes. People have a lot of different issues, financial. Why do you think that Bishop Saki and myself and Bishop Eddie were changing our cars to uh, what do you call it? Gas. With a bimbola, we had a special gadget to connect it. Because we didn't have money. We're under pressure. Look. Any program that I watch on video eh, of myself preaching, I never think of, I only think of the troubles I was having at that time. And I know you may be looking and be wondering, you you are tall, what trouble can you have? Yes. Don't know, you don't know, you don't know. Hey! And what is it going to do? It's going to bring out troubles. It's going to bring out of you the power. The olives are now dropping from the tree. That's why Jesus is so powerful. You know, I mean, when I went to Jerusalem the first time, I didn't like it all. I said, no, what place is this? They have defiled the place where Jesus was. Jesus was. I don't like this place. There is a power there. When I went again and again, I realized that something is drawing me to the place. Yes. And not even to Galilee, to Jerusalem. I feel something. There's something. We have never seen Jesus before. We like him. We love him. We want to do something for, for him. It, it's amazing. We have never seen him before. The power, as he was being beaten and he was suffering, the kind of power that is released through his suffering, that's the power. That's the power of God. That's what calls everybody from every country without explanation. Why don't you go and work as a lawyer? 
Why don't you go and find money somewhere? There is some inexorable force that is drawing us to this Jesus. We can't even explain who he is. We've never seen him before. Hi. We want to do something for him. Even people that are not in full-time ministry, they want to do something for him. People can give huge amounts of money for him. I tell you, I've been to places where I've met people who paid for things. And I was, when they told me that one person paid for this, I couldn't believe it. I mean that you have a person who can take his money and pay for things to a certain level, eh? you'll be surprised. Yeah. There's a power. You know, and you say you will never be powerful unless you've survived. Yes. Unless you've been through. And God, God is wild. Though. He knows how to take you on. Hmm. You know, there are different parts of your body which have different feelings. Some are more sensitive than others. Yes. God knows the places. Just as it takes, you, you get to a point in life where you find out that, hey, this part of my body has a feeling that I didn't know before. It, it, you get to you sort of mature, then you find out, hey, I never knew that this place is like that. Shabakayaba. Kalabashigalabalabada. Now, you also get to a place, you see that God knows where pains you. Like maybe what is really important to you in life eh, is maybe food. You get what I'm saying? No, my preaching volume has gone down. The person who is controlled, I will beat you with this thing you see. Give me volume before I get angry. God knows that you, what, you, what is very important for you is your food. You people, as you are standing, you know you are blocking somebody's view. Those of you behind, why don't you go on demonstration when they are blocking your view? They are also somewhere and they are not even interested. Ah, oh, okay. Then don't mind them. If you are stand up, just stand up. You know, if God knows that food, your food is very, very important to you. Like your whole life, all that you are looking for is somebody who is going to cook for you and serve you with what is delicious to you. You get what I'm saying? You may be surprised that the suffering that will come in your life may be that God will give you somebody who doesn't like cooking and doesn't want to serve, doesn't know how to serve and will never serve you Except in the first few days of the marriage. Now, if you are from uh, Malaysia, this one will not be a problem because in Malaysia, they buy food to eat. You can be married for years and you never cook at home. I was with some pastors and so on. So, we don't, my wife doesn't cook, has never cooked. We buy food. We, are, we, are, we, don't, we don't have time to cook. <laughs> 
first love Malaysia. You can go there. Excuse me, I'm going to the back of these people. Listen, God knows you are a lady and your heart. He knows your heart. What can bring out the oil out of you? I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen to you, but I'm saying that it can be. Whippings upon whippings upon whippings. Then after that, pressure. Because every time they now preach, they were preaching against what somebody said. Yes. Pressure. All kinds of pressure. So, don't run away. Go through. Yes. When I was in Achimota school, there was, they called for some guys to be lashed in front of the whole school because they had done something wrong. And they called. We, we all assembled in the Adelaide Chapel. I say Adelaide Chapel. Agri Chapel. Yes. We all assembled. The whole school. And the headmaster came with the whip. And he called for the people to come. And he called the guy in front of the whole school that he should step forward. He's going to receive, I think, four lashes or six lashes in front of the school. He should come. And if he doesn't come, he'll be expelled from the school. They called his name. So, so, and so, come. No show. So, so, and so, come. Otherwise, you'll be expelled from the school. He, ne- he did not come. He said, walk out of the square. He walked out. He will not take the lashes. Humble yourself and receive your lashes, please. So that you can finish your school. He didn't finish all. He left. I don't, I don't even remember his name, but he left. Maybe he's even here. I don't know. <laughs> he's watching live. Maybe he's watching live. Yes. So whatever God is taking you through, don't react. Don't say, I can't take it anymore. You can take it and you will take it and you will finish taking it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Ship him. Hey. And after that, pressure. Yes. Pressure. Pressure. So, make sure. You see, my, my rod is broken. A few small lashes. It has, you see that your bottom is harder than the rod. You are strong. Yes. God loves you. He's squeezing out the power. That's why a person with experience is different from a person who is just giving you theories. Yes. Just giving you theories. Different, you'll be there. I see you changing your level completely in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you ready for your next anointing? Step number four. So, step number two obey God in spite or embrace the persecution. 
Step number three, obey God in spite of the pressure. Amen. Number four, do not be moved by threats and accusations. Don't be moved by threats and accusations. Yes. Bible says in Acts 4 verse 21, so when they had threatened them, they let them go. Most of us are threatened. When they had threatened them, don't be moved by people's opinion of you. An anointed person is not moving by people's opinion. Yes. You know, people have mocked me in my preaching. There are pastors who have mocked me. Sir, what are you preaching? Taki what knows? Taki what knows? You don't, he doesn't have revelation. I don't have revelation. Revelation of what? Huh? They mock me. My churches are full. All over the world. All over the world. Huh? Well, I don't know what is a revelation. Yes. By the grace of God. The churches are full. Yes. And actually growing bigger. Amazing. Don't be moved by people's threats. You see, it makes you afraid. I have to to change and be like everybody. When they threaten you and say, you, you will not get married, you see. You will wait and see. You follow these church people. You will be poor, you wait and see. I've been serving the Lord. What do my mates have? Do you know, do you know how many presidents I've led to Christ? I've led and said, say these words after me. Wow. Say, Jesus, Jesus, forgive me, forgive me. You don't know. Yes. What is it? Tomorrow night, I'll be staying in a palace. Wow. Yes. I've been invited to a palace. I'll tell you about it later. Yeah. Why should I tell you today? When I come from the palace, I'll tell you all about it. Listen. God has not called you to destroy your life. Don't listen to people, the threatenings. You see, you see, you die. You this, your child will be this. You will not have this. You will be this. You don't listen to it. As I'm encouraging you to serve God, as I'm encouraging you to go on a mission, as I'm encouraging you to follow God, don't listen to it. They threaten them and let them go. It's like you, and everybody who serves God has a threat on his head. You have some words that you remember. You remember the word. You remember the threatenings. You know, do you, can, let me tell you something you will not believe. Do you know when I was preaching, I've been preaching, encouraging people to serve God. Somebody actually said that I am preventing people from working uh, honest work. Like somebody is doing honest work. Is it nice to say, say that about my, about my preaching? As I'm preaching... And the church is getting bigger and fuller in all the countries. Yes. 
You say, I'm spoiling people's work. As I'm encouraging them, I always encourage them to do it. Even I'm going to encourage uh, some, people, more, some more people. This week, I'm going to encourage more people. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm going to encourage more people to serve the Lord. It, I don't know how, but it makes the church grow bigger. Yeah. I don't know whether when they don't go, it makes them work more in the house. <laughs> yeah. You say that you are preaching prosperity. I'm preaching anointing and serve the Lord. Huh? Well, we are not in debt. There's nobody to pay at the end of today. Like after this service, there's no one to pay. There's nobody who is waiting for money. There's no bank waiting to collect something from us. No, no, no. Are you listening? That will be your story. Nobody, you see, I've been there where people, more than 12 people came to follow me for money that I owed. Yes. So what I'm saying, I know the difference between heaven and hell. (laughs) Yes, about 12 men, they came to follow me that I owe them. Yes. So that's why I'm saying to you that you will never borrow in the name of Jesus. Yes. God will raise you up to prosper without debts in Jesus' name. You will build without debts in the name of Jesus. Yes. You will not be moving from house to house because the the people you all know this house. So they are coming there. So you move to another place. Then when they find there's a new house, then you also move. No. You'll be free of debts in the name of Jesus. So don't believe the threatenings. The threatenings. One day I was preaching about Pharaoh. Pharaoh doesn't want to let you go. A pastor's wife just made a comment. I was like, she not care. Pharaoh, Pharaoh won't whatever. When he gets up there, he says, Pharaoh, whatever. Those are all threatening words. Threatening words. It's like he's threatening my preaching. I shouldn't preach. What God has given me to preach to the, the Christians. Don't be moved. Bible says they threatened them. That was the last thing. We threatened you and warned you this will happen. So look at it. Acts 4.21. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go. So if you preach this kind of message, there will be no money. I went to preach in somebody's church about sacrifice. After the service, the pastor sat with me. You know what he said to me? He said, you have killed money in my church. I said, I have not killed money. Watch and see. By the time we were closing, you see, I wonder if he ever had that amount of money raised in his church. People just gave. Yes. You cannot change the word of God, even if you are in need. Yes. Are you listening? So, don't be moved. And when you marry, your husband or your wife may join the threatening group. You see. A pastor's wife, she zipped up. And (laughs) yes. 
And she, she told her husband, you go, you go and fornicate, you will lose your anointing. Yes. You go, you go and fornicate, you will lose your anointing. That's the, those are her words. After she has zipped up the shop, it's closed down for, for repairs. Then she threatened. There are some wives who can threaten. They'll be standing naked and they'll be talking. Threatening. Hey. A certain pastor was telling me the things that the wife can do when, when she's naked. Stories are true. <laughs> Whatever is threatening you, I cast that threatenings in the name of Jesus. Step number one is what? Step number one is what? Seven steps to the anointing. Step, everybody say one step two step three step four five six seven and what do you have anointing step number one is what know that you can be anointed again and again receive the anointing in the name of Jesus number two Embrace the persecution, the beating of the rod to make the olives fall down. Number three, obey God in spite of the pressure. Step number four, do not be moved by threats and accusation. Number five, have your own company to which you belong, your own company. Acts 4.23 And being let go They went to their own company Amen They went where? To their own company You must have your own company And the company you have must be the church company Show me your Christian friends in the church and I'll show you that you are a real believer. When they were let go from the threatenings and the troubles straight to their own company. Where's your company? The church is your company. You must have your own group in the church. The church is too big to only just say I'm in the midst of 5,000 people. But there must be a company to which you go. And that company is very important. That's where you are accepted. Your problems are not I mean, do you think that people that live in the same house don't smell certain smells? Check from your neighbor whether those who stay in the same room and the same house, you don't hear certain sounds and certain bombshells going on all the time. Grenades. Popopo. 
That is where you are accepted. You are accepted in your own company. So when you have a problem or a sin or a defeat or any kind of whatever, you are supposed to have a company. You go back to your own company. Every believer must have your own company. You come back to your company. You can't have company of devils. Disco and nightclub members are not your company. They don't care about you. Girls, don't say that boy who is rapping you. Hi, baby. I love you, baby. You've met a young man in the, in the, in the, what do you call it? In town. Accra Mall. And he, say, he says you come. Hello baby. I want to give you something precious. And you'll be smiling. Look at how she's smiling already. And see, I'm just, I mean, I've just started talking and she's so happy. She doesn't even know what I'm going to say. And you are believing it. He tells you I'm going to give you something precious. And you'll be smiling so much. From, you see, she's right. She cannot control herself. From chin to chin. And I want you to keep it. Ish. Do you know what I'm going to give you? My heart. I want you to keep my heart. Aye! And you are slain. Meanwhile, you don't know him from anywhere. It's a very dangerous place to be. People have rap, so. <laughs> I love you twice. Now and forever. Hmm. First love there. If you are going to propose, you have a lot of options. Listen. When you are under threat, you go back to your own company. Yes. And when you are not, I heard this from Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin used to say it all the time. He said, your company, your own company, you always need your own company. You need to go back to your own company. Anytime there's trouble, any issue, any whatever, you have your own company. Your own company is the church family that God gives to you. Never walk away. You know, orangus and people that have left, sometimes when they are leaving, I just look still sad and I say, ah, is our fellowship not valuable to you? The fact that we are together for so many years, does it not mean something to you? It means a lot to me. It means a lot to me. I mean, can you just walk away? Is it because of, I don't understand what the issue is. A God gives us a family and you must merge and become part of the family. Many ladies who are not married, they are not married because they don't merge into the company. You know, I'll tell you something. When I joined this First Love, came to First Love Church, I look at all the girls who were there with me. And, I, and, I, and I, all the young girls, I said, all of these people were married. I mean, the ones that were around. I've watched each and every one. Anytime I have a chance, I say, no, this person, this person, this person first. Oh, yes. I look, those who were under the tree, those who were with us over there, I just remember all of them. Say so each one, this one was married, this one was married, this one was married. Because in your own company, it's like your family. 
you're just looking out for each person. Your own company is where you are looking out. When you stay to yourself, you don't speak. You don't open your mouth. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The only thing words you say, are you Rambo that your words are few? Huh? Are you Rambo that your words are so few? 80 words. You are going to speak only 80 words in the church. I look at people and I say, they, they don't open their mouth to speak. You need to get involved and be engaged and come home. Home is where you accepted. Home, you can come and blow a, a big grenade, pop, pop, pow, and nobody will say anything. That's your home. When you fall in the church, if you sin, you have a problem. It's, it is internal issue. Me, I've never, I'll never give my pastors, I'll never give up. If you ever think you ever come between me, someone that I've appointed as a pastor or a bishop, that I will come and give the person to you. You then don't, they don't know me. <laughs> one day I went to a church, one of my churches, and the pastor had committed some sins, and the, all the congregation wanted to drive him out. I put him behind me, and I stood between me and the congregation. I said, let us now discuss. You will now see something. Yes, I'll never give you up. That is the own company. Yes. But it's when you don't have your own company, you are moving around. Some of you, when we finish, you, you're going to stand at a crown mall to make friends. Or KFC, or just moving around. You, 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 you go by your own company are bad boys, bad girls. How can you be anointed? How can you? The, the company they went by anointed people. Anointed a good company. You change your company. You change your company when you want to have an, an anointing. Should I mention my friends before I got saved? You don't know any of them. The people you know is Bishop Saki, Bishop Eddie, and the others. Should I tell you my friends? I can show you their pictures. Maybe at a private meeting I'll show you. They, they were not my friends. They were not even in my school. I didn't know them from anywhere. But when you, be, you are going towards the anointing, God will give you a different group of people that are related to the anointing and that are related to the call of God on your life. And they become the family. Tell the person next to you, you are too quiet. I don't, I don't, I don't, you are too quiet. You are too quiet in the church. You don't engage with anybody. You just say amen and go home. Those at the back, I said, tell some, you see now, you see those people at the back. You came late and you are too quiet. Tell the person next to you, I will ensure that you get married. I will ensure that you get married. I will ensure that you get married. It's my project. It's my project. Hallelujah. You see, those outside over there, they are not, they are not following the instruction. Okay. Step number six. Step number six. Pray specifically for power, for miracles, for signs, for wonders. 
Pray for it. Pray for power in your life. God will give it to you. And being let go, the Bible says, when they heard that, they lifted up their voice and they cried with one accord and said, Lord, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. They lifted up their voice to God who made heaven and earth and said so many things. And then they said in verse 29, Now Lord, behold their threatenings and grant. Everybody say grant. Grant. Grant to thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. So, pray if you want to, the anointing. Pray for, pray for, pray for these. You see, these are the topics. These are prayer topics in the Bible. Pray for healing. Pray that signs and wonders will be done in your life. And it will happen. Amen. There was a time I preached, I never had any signs and wonders in my life. And by these prayers, I have started to see signs and wonders in my life. I know things that sometimes I'm surprised that I know. And I experience signs and wonders. And you are going to pray for it from today. Just pray, Lord, stretch forth your hand. That signs and wonders, signs and wonders, and miracles and healings should be done in my life. In, in the name of thy holy child Jesus in my life and ministry and you, you, will, be, you will see miracles yes. do you guys believe in miracles? Yes. oh yes when I was in a secondary school I believe in miracles yes fully my friend came and we, we, we discussed my friend told me, Jesus said, Matthew 10, verse 5, go heal the sick, raise the dead. And he said, we must raise the dead. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's three, four, find it. And I must, we must raise the dead. I said, let's find a dead. Let's find a dead. And let's raise. Let's do it. And he came to tell me, there was a dead man at Labadi. And I said, well, you see, you don't need a crusade to raise the dead. Yes. Well, is it there? Matthew 10, 8. You don't need. Pray for it. Pray for it. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. I said, let's go. He, he called me. He said, dear friend, you know, he just died actually last week. Yeah. He said, let's go. I went with him. Let's go. We raised the dead. He believed in Jesus. I really also believe in Jesus. We went together. There were two of us. We got to the house. Where is the dead person? They were all crying in the house. Just like Jesus and Jairus. We said, open the door. You don't need a crusade to raise the dead. So we went in there. 
and we prayed with all our hearts. When the child wasn't rising from the dead, we told the parents to go out because Jesus told the people to go out. <laughs> I'm showing you the zeal that I have. And we prayed again when the people were out. The child was not rising. I remember touching the child dead, cold. Then suddenly some men came with some cutlasses. <laughs> My friend, you know, he was the leader. He said, these people don't have faith. Let's go. <laughs> so we left. Yes. They drove us out. Bible said you should wash your hand off and You must believe in the Bible. Then you will see it. You will see it happen one day. Yes. Because you are not God. You, God is on a computer. When I press here, here, and here, this happens. When I press here, here, and here, this happens. No. You, you believe God. I, I, a brother so, told me when I was going out in Tanzania, he said, he, he, he standard to pray for that. If you die, he prays for you. And he has seen many people because the Bible says, raise, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. It's like, just as it says, give freely have you received. They are all instructions. So he said that if you die, there's nothing like you bury. First, pray. And some have risen. He mentioned the number that have risen from the dead. Yes. He said, oh, in in his church, it is a known thing. And even shepherds and others have raised the dead. Yes. You'll be raising the dead and having signs and wonders in your life. Do you believe in miracle power? God, yes. So pray for miracle signs and wonders and have it in your heart. I'm going to see miracles. Yes, I'm going to see power. I'm going to see the glory of God. And that's your, that is a step in towards the anointing. You pray for such things. Praying for car, praying for money. Money comes later by itself. In the same era, my friend's father died. And I said, where is he dead? I was not discouraged by the Labadi one. No, no, no. I said, no. Show me. Take us. And he brought his Mercedes. He said, take me to the dead. I went on another mission. So don't be jealous of me the fact that I have seen people raised from the dead in crusade. Yes. With people bringing dead bodies after to come and lay them dead people at the crusade for me to raise. Practically, it's not I'm I'm imagining. It's actually happened. Yes. And the whole stadium full of Wheelchairs. I've never seen as many wheelchairs. At least 5,000 wheelchairs. Arranged in the whole stadium, just wheelchairs. When they heard the news from the day before, the crusade was being advertised on the radio for five days in Colombia. When they heard the child was raised from the dead. The day I was leaving, about 20 soldiers who were guarding us. I didn't know that we were even in danger. I hear the man who was taking me around he even was, was killed later. I was dead. I don't know how he died. But he was in a bulletproof. We were in a bulletproof car. When we were going, all the soldiers with their machine guns, they all knelt down. This is the year 2000, 19 years ago. 
He said, we have never seen anything like this before in our lives. Pray for us. Yes. And I prayed for them. And they escorted me with their guns. They, they met me with guns at the door of the plane. Not in the airport, at the plane. And they took me with guns. Escorted me throughout. Yes. So pray for it. God is going to use you. You'll be surprised. Don't be afraid. In the name of Jesus. Don't feel, how many sometimes feel powerless? Or most of the time? Or even all the time? <laughs> God is with you. God is with you. You are just a vessel and a channel. You are the plastic tube that God's power is going through. So that's why you, the plastic to yourself, you may be feeling not so okay, but the thing will be flowing through you. Yes. Because you are just a channel of God's power. Receive the grace of God and the power of God on your life to walk in the anointing. In Jesus' name. And step number seven, and the last step. Ah. United prayer. Pray together. The Bible says, and they lifted up their voice with one accord. Now, praying alone is good, but when you pray with people, you notice, if you want me to give you a simple something, I will say that when you pray with people, one of the things is sometimes you are able to pray longer. So everybody must develop prayer partners that you can pray with. You will not notice that the time is going. Yes. Instead of doing bad things on the phone, you can pray on the phone. Use your phone to pray. Yes. Instead of using your phone to do bad things. Lift your phone up. Take your phone. Father, no more pornography will be seen on this phone. No more bad things will be done on this phone. In the name of Jesus Christ. This phone will help me to pray. This phone will help me to serve you. Thank you, Jesus, for blessing every phone here. The phone is now a channel of blessing and visitation and a channel of prayer. Prayer, united prayer. You can pray from today with somebody on the phone. Yes, on WhatsApp, on video call. You can pray and you'll be praying for hours. Receive it now. Instead of evil, receive good. In Jesus' name. Amen. Step number one. You can be anointed again and again. Number two. Embrace. No, stand up and say the points. Stand up and say the points. And every time you say the the step, take a step. Okay, even if you, your step doesn't take you forward, but there's no space. Step number one. Take a step. Number two. Take a step. Step number three. Pressure. Hey, how many are feeling some pressure? No, young people, do you feel pressure sometimes? Sometimes you feel sexual pressure. How many have been feeling some sexual pressures? 
How many have felt the pressure so much that you don't think any good thing can come out of you because the pressure is too much? Raise your hand if you, you, you have that experience. Yes. Obey God in spite of the pressure. Amen. Number four. How many have heard certain words which have not left you when they said this thing, this and this and this and that? Obey God in spite of the threats. But they said they let them go to threaten. Take another step. Ish. How many can feel that you are getting nearer the anointing? Number five. Have your own company. How many are having your company in the church? When you don't come to church, some people must know that you are not around. There are some people when you don't come to church, nobody knows. Yes. Ask your neighbor, will you notice if I'm not here next week? Ask your neighbor, will you notice if I'm not here next week? Step number six. Power, miracles, signs, and wonders. How many are going to start praying for such things in your life? Yes. And number seven. Take another step. United prayer. Find somebody and say, look, Charlie, I'll pray with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm becoming anointed. The more you pray, do you know what I just saw in the spirit? I saw something like crabs and spiders dropping off you as, as you pray. As you pray. It's like creatures are falling off you by your prayer life that is becoming more powerful for hours. And I want everybody to check your watch. One hour prayer, two hour prayer, three hour prayer, four hour, five hours, six hours, seven hours. It's up to 12. I'm giving you up to 12. Then repeat. Yeah. So you must be someone, I pray for four hours today. I pray for three hours today. I pray for two hours. Today I haven't prayed. I've only prayed for one hour, so I have not prayed at all. Yes. Tell your neighbor, when I don't pray at all, that is one hour. The one hour is the one hour prayer there, Charlie. I'm not into one hour prayers. I'm into more of hours of prayer. Hours. Lift your hands. Thank God right now. Ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Father, give us the Holy Spirit. Give us the anointing of the Spirit. We thank you for the anointing, the mighty anointing of the mighty Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Take your oil. Take your oil. Take your oil. You see, you never know what it's going to be today. That is the whole point. Take your oil. I'm going to pray with you to be anointed. Everybody. Do you have oil here? Danny Boy and Ida are also receiving anointing. Wow. Be anointed. Adela, come. Be anointed. Jesus. Amen. Don't be jealous. Frank, come here. Be anointed. In Jesus' name. 
Hey. Vivant de camp. Be anointed. In Jesus' name, again. Joshua. Be anointed. Jesus' name. Leonard. You want to sit at the back. Some people are sitting in the front. Be anointed in Jesus' name. Paul. Be anointed. Receive it. Lulu. You know what? I'm going to come right here. Stand right here. How many have got your oil? Receive the grace. In the name of Jesus. Come. Have you been under pressure? A lot of pressure. It's because of the anointing. Receive it in Jesus' name. The anointing is on you today. Lift your hand. Put your oil on your head right now. Put your oil on your head. Father, thank you for the anointing that you give to everybody here now. Let there be a new power. A new power that changes the level. Jesus, thank you for the beatings and the pressure. We know that it is bringing forth that anointing, that beautiful oil from today. Let the most insignificant person here become important. Let the little one who nobody knows become a thousand. Let your children who have nothing have all their bags filled. I bless them with the Holy Spirit. Receive the good thing from God above. Receive the oil. Ha shilota. Pulede. Receive the anointing of leadership. The grace of God. The power of God. For anything and everything that you are involved in. Let the pressures and the threatenings and the persecutions and the troubles only bring forth the oil in your life from today. In the name of he who entered the grave on our behalf and rose up triumphant. Receive the anointing. Receive the anointing. Receive the anointing. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Hallelujah. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you are here this morning, Afternoon, and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. If you are here and you want to give your life to Jesus to be born again or to come to God today, lift up your hand right now and I'm going to pray with you. You want to give your life to God today. Maybe somebody invited you, but you want to give your life to God today. Lift it up high, high, like this, like this, and I'm going to pray with you. If you've lifted your hand, come to me now quickly. Come from, come from there, come. Come, come from the back. I want to give my life to Jesus. Stand right here. Stand right here. I want to give my life to God. 
come to Jesus. lift your hands lift your hands like this, just lift your hands say Jesus please forgive me for all my sins I give my heart to Jesus Christ I give my life to Jesus Christ I am sorry for all my sins please forgive me please forgive me Please wash away my sins. Write my name. Write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for your mighty power for saving me today. I love you, Jesus. Say, I love you, Jesus. I will serve you, Jesus. I will follow you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. From today, I am born again. And I will serve Jesus. I will follow Jesus for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. I'm giving you one of my books. Don't go yet. And this book is my gift. I'm giving you a gift. You are going to be blessed. Your life is changing. What is your name? Elizabeth. God bless you. It's a beautiful name. Jesus is changing. Lift your hand like this. Say, Jesus is changing my life. Say, Jesus is changing my life. Forever. You, how old are you? 18. One of our bishops who was 13, when he came forward like this, he's now a bishop. So you are 13, 18. Your life will never be the same. What is your name? Ajete. Life will never be the same. Amen. So when we close, hold your book like this and come to this side. And we are going to meet with you. What is your name? Dennis. Dennis what? Or say, your life is changing from today. Amen. Are you happy you came today? You are what? I'm very, very happy. Why are you happy? Because I don't really go to church, but today, the same one and everything, I'm really very happy. And I'm just happy. I'm just happy. I'm very, very blessed speaking to you face to face. I've never met you before. What a blessing. All of you here are being changed. Something is happening. God's power is here. Do you believe God's power is changing your life? It, how, who brought you here? Brother Alex. Yes, I'm happy. Why are you happy? I'm happy because I heard the good news of God. And I know my life will change from today. Your life is changing from today. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Are you happy you came? Why? I'm very happy. You're very happy. Very, 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 very happy. God bless you. Wait, wait. Are you, are you glad you came? Yes. Why? 
because I was right at the sound of my mind, and he put everything on me about the blessings of what has been going on. Going on here? Yes. Your life is changing. Jesus is rescuing you from the devil. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, bless these ones. Amen. God bless you. You may go back to your seats. It's time for communion. Take each, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take the bread quickly. Drink, this is my blood, which was shed for you. Have you got your bread? Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has Whatever you couldn't get in January, February, March, April, May, even here in June. The Lord is placing it in your hands now in Jesus' name. Take your bread very quickly. This is the blessing. The Bible says the cup of blessing. That's why we do this communion because it's a blessing for you every time. It's a blessing. How many want the blessing on your life? Beautiful. Quickly. I will pass over you. When I see the blood, I feel the blessing coming on your life. The cup of blessing, the cup of blessing, the cup of blessing, the cup of blessing, the cup of blessing. Take the bread. Father, thank you for this bread, the body of Jesus Christ. We know that there is no power that can stand before the power of the cross. And as we manifest the broken body of Jesus, thank you for healings, salvations, and deliverance, and power in this church. In the mighty name of Jesus. The body of Jesus Christ. Now, listen. As every drop of this goes into you, I hear the word blessing. When Jacob was about to die, he called his grandchildren. And he laid hands on them and blessed them. He said, gather your children. I want to bless them. Then he put his right hand on the younger one and his left hand on the older. And his father said, no. And he said, no. This one will be greater than this one. The greatness was even, they have not even gone to school. It was determined by a blessing. Now, as you lift this cup and you receive the cup of blessing of the blood of Jesus, may whatever blessing your father couldn't give you, whatever your family couldn't provide, may this cup of blessing come to saturate you with blessings as never before. Receive a cup full of blessings. Receive a cup full of blessings. I receive it. 
Let your life be extended. Let your health increase. Let no disease be diagnosed on you. Let only blessing be associated with you. By a cup full of blessings on this afternoon, Sunday afternoon. May your life never be the same again. Receive the blood of Jesus Christ. Whatever mistake you've made that has changed your life in a bad way. The cup of blessing overrides and superimposes over every curse and mistake. The blessing of the Lord is coming over you from head to toe. It is entering you, the cup of blessing. The cup of blessing. The cup of blessing. Every worry of your life. Every fear of your life. Ah, the cup of blessing is coming over you. It's coming over you. It's being superimposed over every worry, every problem, every challenge, every difficulty, every fear, everything that is a problem, worrying you, harassing you, pressurizing you. The cup of blessing. Father, we receive this cup. Let our mistakes be far from us. In the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. lift your hands Jacob said gather yourselves together that I may bless you may he who started with you finish any uncompleted works in your life whatever is uncompleted in your life receive the power to complete spiritually physically socially maritally any incomplete work in you receive completion powers now let me hear your loudest amen anything that is halfway halfway half baked half complete receive grace for it to be complete now in Jesus name anything that has been stopped in the middle in your life is being completed now in Jesus name can I hear your loudest amen no one will ever pity you after today and say sorry sorry or we feel sorry for you in Jesus name whatever is pitiful about you that makes people say oh sorry sorry I curse it and I drive it out of your life in the name of Jesus let the blessing now be the main thing in your life the blessing be the main thing in your life Let the blessing be the main thing in your life. It's not your education. It's not your family. It's not your background. It's not your school. But let the blessing of God be the main thing in your life from today. Now, may there be a difference between you and your brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name. Let there be a difference. 
and that difference by the blessing. All those who thought of you as a source of concern and as a problem shall see you as a blessing from now. All those who used to rebuke you will call you for advice and for counsel. The Lord lift up your head. The Lord lift your head from bending down and bowing down. Lift up your head with smiles and joy and joyfulness. Come out of you. Come out gladly in the shining sun. Let all your disappointment be turned into victories. Let all the pressures and all the persecution turn into joy for your life. In the name of Jesus. Let me hear your loudest amen. And now, any pressure that is on you to push you to the left side or the right side of the road that God has called you to. I rebuke that pressure in Jesus' name. And I say, receive strength not to deviate from your calling and not to deviate from the right way that God has called you. Receive supernatural strength and power now. In the mighty name of Jesus. From now, your scars, your troubles, and your persecutions shall turn into a wonderful testimony. In the name of Jesus. Let every trouble you have had, eh? you know, every trouble you have had, let it turn into an amazing story. Let your preaching be very interesting when you tell people what you have been through and how far you have come by the power of God. Anyone who is here today with less than 10 CDs, less than 20 CDs, less than 50 CDs, less than 100 CDs, it is multiplied practically in your life in Jesus' name. Receive it in the name of Jesus. I change your financial architecture now in Jesus' name. And I command a blessing on your pocket. I speak a blessing for your left pocket and your right pocket. I speak a blessing for your handbag. I speak a blessing over your bank account. Receive dollar bank account and euro bank account in the name of Jesus. Anyone who has never traveled before, I bless you by the blessing of the Lord. Receive the grace to travel anywhere you need to travel to. In the name of Jesus Christ. Those who despise these words shall be despised. But those who believe shall see it practically in their lives. In Jesus' name. For the prophecy you believe is the prophecy that you will experience. Now, any fever in your body any fever I rebuke it in Jesus name receive healing receive healing receive healing receive healing receive healing healing. in Jesus name anyone listening to me watching receive the same blessing that I have spoken here by air by land by sea in every nation receive healing 
and receive mighty power in your life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The Lord make his face shine on you from today. And the Lord lift up his countenance over you in the name of Jesus. And everyone shouted your loudest amen. God bless you. We believe you have been blessed by the preaching of God's word. For audio CDs, DVDs, books and other resources by Dykewood Mills, please visit our website at www.dykewoodmills.org. God richly bless you. ABC Tonight. My name is Daniel Garcia. I worked at my family's bakery. My life used to be pretty normal until I met Noah Hamilton. That's when everything changed. My brother and the most famous woman in the world. Sometimes two unlikely ingredients. There's something about him. Make the most amazing combination. I just want to make sure you know what you're signing up for. I know that my life can get pretty crazy. I think I could do a little crazy. The Baker and the Beauty. Series premiere tonight, 10, 9 central on ABC. ABC Tonight. My name is Daniel Garcia. I worked at my family's bakery. My life used to be pretty normal until I met Noah Hamilton. That's when everything changed. My brother and the most famous woman in the world. Sometimes two unlikely ingredients. There's something about him. Make the most amazing combination. I just want to make sure you know what you're signing up for. I know that my life can get pretty crazy. I think I could do a little crazy. The Baker and the Beauty. Series premiere tonight, 10, 9 central on ABC.